0: I'm Bo Maddox.
1: I'm Ashley Chancellor.
2: I'm Josh.
0: I'm Mark. And I'm slightly lost. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Collateral Cinema and...
2: Biscazing a horror podcast.
3: Yay! <laughs>
0: Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it dabs, blunts, bongs, or joints, smoke it if you've got it and happy holidays and merry christmas and uh, happy festivus to all uh this is the official collateral cinema victims and villains holiday crossover
1: merry fucking christmas y'all and, and thank y'all for being on we have not only this year uh mr josh captain nostalgia uh, but we also have mark joining us for the first time Stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and this is uh this is at least like the third or fourth year that we've done this with Victims and Villains and uh, Abyss Gazing and whatnot. Uh, so,
3: yeah, how are y'all doing? I-, I think every year something has come up that I haven't been able to join in, and this has been the first year I've been able to kind of tag myself in, so to speak. Hey, that's nice. au-
0: That's awesome, and we are uh, happy to have you here finally. I yeah, mean, man. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> how are day. you guys doing uh, so far? How's how's your uh, holiday season going?
2: Going pretty well, you know. Any any time that I don't have to talk about Kurt Cameron saving Christmas, <laughs>
0: it's always yeah. a I'm sorry that we I mean, inflicted we inflicted that upon you last I mean, uh, year.
1: <laughs> what did
0: y'all watch last year?
2: Kurt Cameron's Saving Christmas. I feel like I'm I'm moving up in the world.
0: Exactly right. <laughs> oh, wait Why till we I get to like a Karate cr- Christmas miracle. That 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 is when shit will hit the fan. Oh yeah karate yeah 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 Christmas yeah. Miracle. Exactly. We gotta, gotta gotta put your drink right in front of you so we can uh, <laughs> cons- conspiracize and everything. You know, conspiracy cups. Right. I, I think that's the the
2: name of that. We just watched that Simpsons episode yeah, the other day. Oh yeah, the Atlanta. <laughs> nice. Nice. Man,
1: I wish we were recording video cuz that's actually awesome. I know, <laughs> that right? That was a good gag. <laughs> but anyway, we are talking about Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut today. Uh this was my first time watching this movie actually.
0: And uh I've had this movie for a while now. I've seen it a few times and I mean, immediately I I first saw it as a Christmas movie. I mean, Christmas is all over this film, and it's all over it for good reason, which we will get into here in a little bit. But uh, yeah, uh, starting uh, starting with uh, Ash. I mean, well, you already told us uh, wait your your first experience with this. Uh, what was y'all's first experience with this movie? Going uh, back. Uh, all the way back, even to 1999, when it initially came out.
3: Mark, I will let you go first. Oh, you're gonna let me go first? <laughs> oh, by the way, You've been waiting on this, haven't you? Oh, hi,
1: Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. We had oh, to do hi. it. We had we had to get it out of the way because uh Josh knows. You know the room references are our shtick. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, my best friend does it all the time, and his kid. Oh, hi,
1: Mark. All like,
3: oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but anyway, go ahead, man. <laughs> so, fucking Kubrick is overrated, and Eyes Wide Shut was fucking painful. I hate Kubrick movies, and I hate Kubrick. Hot take. All right. <laughs> I'm here for it, man. Hey, yeah, and, yeah. Exactly. I mean, this movie, there was so much in this movie that reminded me of a bad therapy session. It's like, why uh I, I don't know why I did this. I went here and did this. And then somebody would respond with, Well, do you think you did that? And it reminded <laughs> me of um Tommy Chong in that 70s show where they're like being <laughs> held captive by the Canadians and getting interrogated. I remember that. You in Canada? Vividly. Why are you in Canada? And the whole fucking movie had scenes like that. And it's like, dude, fucking, you're an idiot. This is stupid. I hated the movie. The only point of the movie, I think, was to show Nicole Kidman naked and titties constantly the entire movie. <laughs> that was the entire titties. point pretty of the whole movie.
1: You know what? I wouldn't even be mad if, if that was.
3: <laughs>
1: <it>. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for the fucking Nicole Cooper. Kidman titties. I'm here for all the masked cult member
3: titties. What? Well, it, at least it was back in the day before Nicole Kidman had all her plastic surgeries and right. it looks kind of like fucking Stepford wife now. Uh, uh,
0: yeah. But. As, as it goes, you know. Yeah.
3: It, I've never liked Kubrick. Kubrick, to me, has always been overrated. All of his movies have been boring. And I think if you like them, you're just being pretentious and snobby.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> right on. Well, how about you, I do Josh? Say. Yeah, yeah.
2: how about you, Josh? What's your experience? <laughs> I originally do say, originally? I watched this film for the first time last night oh. with a spot of tea. Mm-hmm. And I loved every second of it because I am pretentious. As <laughs> that, 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 that's, I loved uh... everything about this movie. Normally Kubrick's one of those movies, those, those kind of directors that I like really have to warm up to. And like The Shining, I hated The Shining first time I watched it. And like I had to watch it multiple times before like kind of understanding like his style and his artistry and how he tells stuff. And now I now I really genuinely love that film this was the first time I've ever seen a Kubrick movie and loved it right out the gate.
3: Dude, his, I, movie, his movies are as sharp as a butter knife.
0: <laughs> I honestly, disagree, I, my friend. I, I could totally see why, why you would think that honestly, because I mean, I, I kind of feel Kubrick is one of those uh, directors that he, he so goes out of his way to be off putting like that with his, uh, with his work that honestly, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of the point of most of uh, what he did, kind of. It's just basically trolling people kind of, in a way, you know? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's- Trolling,
3: I, I mean, trolling I mean, before trolling was cool. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: honestly, I mean, in, if you really think about it, Kubrick was kind of a troll. And honestly, I think that this is actually a little bit of a troll movie in some ways. You know, we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, well, I mean, my original experience with this movie is actually the teaser trailer, and, I, and this kind of says it all here. The teaser trailer pretty much, it, it had the Chris Isaacs, uh, you know, Baby Did a Bad, Bad Thing playing it. It has that scene where, uh, where uh, Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise are naked, standing in front of that mirror. It, and it was seen as this really hot and scandalous moment for some reason. I guess it was because they were both married in real life. Mm, and everything, yeah. but what's what's telling about that is that that entire that took up that entire fucking trailer, and it's literally not, uh, almost an inconsequential moment in the in the movie. I mean, the song doesn't even come back in the movie in any way after that. It's literally like just a couple of like not even a minute of it,
3: you know?
1: T- Tom, it's Nicole. Uh, Will you come out of the closet, please? Oh my
3: god! <laughs> yes, but. It would have been more accurate to call it Tom Cruise Wanders New York. Absolutely. That would have been a more accurate title. Tom Cruise Wanders New York.
2: Here's here's (laughs) the thing is that like when you look at Eyes Wide Shut completely as a whole, it is one – how do you market a movie like this? I mean this is a movie that is about fantasy. It's about lust. It's about secrecy. It's about fidelity and loyalty. It's about these like – really deep thematic themes but yet it also has like paranoia, murder mystery, uh, you know, hints of uh, child uh, trafficking, um, you know, prostitution, uh, cults. Like, there's so much that this movie has like that you can't market a movie in this way. Like, one of the things that I came across is like one of the original posters for this movie was like it was the it was like a, a single sheet of like Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's like face, but their eyes were whited out and they were like masks. And the studio was like, no, like that's not a thing. And then you got the the purple cover with the like the mirror. Like this this movie is just really hard to market. So like
3: well marketing is really hard- It was marketed as Kubrick's last movie.
2: Yes, and that is the reason why it became as successful as it did or had the interest that it did.
3: But
0: going back to that teaser trailer, it was essentially just uh, marketed with sex. I mean, it it honestly sold a completely different movie than what we got here. And, I mean, initially Kubrick wanted this movie to be a little more, dare I say, pornographic. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that had to be toned down later on in the movie yeah, I could I could see that. And yep and and honestly, you asked how you would market it. that's how you market it. You make people think that it's this titillating erotic thriller when really it's just uh, something that starts off as a relationship drama then just kind of devolves into insanity, but then kind of uh, denounces that insanity at the same time near the end, you know? Uh-huh. you know what I mean
2: yeah like i i'd only like really known the sex about this movie like i was like oh this is a movie about a sex cult like that is kind of what i knew This that's kind of the reputation that the movie has had for a long time and like actually sitting down to watch it this the movie for this podcast like i was like oh no like this is like complex and it's like the you know the troubling factors of like you know parents have, like, transitioning and, like, still trying to keep their relationship alive after having a kid that's getting ready to push double digits. And, you know, like, after, like, so long, like, if that sex life is, like, you know, not... If it's not, you know, everything that you want it to be or if there's not communications that are, are lined in there, because, like, it's basically with that the ending of this movie is, like, all about, like, you know, now that our... I think like Nicole Kidman said something to the extent of like now that our eyes are open, like the idea and the concept is that the entirety of like their sex life has been kind of like this is what you do in a marriage. You 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 go to work, you have kids, you have sex, that's it. But sex is so much more than just like laying down and sticking it in. It's you know, it can there can be toys, you know, there can be uh, there's that emotional connection, there's there's BDSM, there's rough, there's vanilla, you know, there's there's so many different styles that you can have. And um, it just kind of seems like their marriage is like, there's no exploration of that. And that's kind of why you have the character journey.
3: So the most you can really get out of this was, it was an exploration of couples and jealousy. Yeah. That's really all it was. The other stuff was almost just sidebar crap. It was Nicole Kidman seeing Tom Cruise talking to the two girls, flirting with him, getting jealous, getting stoned, and then saying what she did to make him jealous. Right. Like, exactly. exactly. Was she not just picking
1: a fight with him? And haven't we all known a woman like that just trying to pick a fight?
3: (laughs) That's, That's the whole point of the movie is him dealing with being jealous. Yeah, but that we, whole thing doesn't come to it. You're not wrong, but the whole trying, th- there there you're is be, a you're there is a day. <laughs> there, is, there is this movie isn't there as is, deep as you want it to be.
2: There is a break between uh the party where all of that happens and the next day. I mean, this film largely takes place over 48 hours, but there is a break between. That initial jealousy because the whole teaser trailer that Bo was just talking about, that scene in particular, is the end of that first night. And then the stoning is the next day. Yeah. And that's kind of where everything kind of comes out. The stoning. The yeah, stoning. But,
3: but the whole like movie that. is just about <laughs> uh, about Tom Cruise dealing with being jealous. Yeah. Of being it's, told a story. It, it's, it's 100%. Basically, his him having
0: a temper tantrum because his wife got stoned and punked his ass. They, <laughs> she punked him bad. I mean, she, she, she was just like, you know what? There was a guy, and he wanted me so badly, and if I wanted him, I could have had him, and I wouldn't have cared. It's like just, you know, needling him and that, you know? It's like – and that's and just him all, having it this it bad this ego shame. trip over it. That's what all of this boils down to. It's just Tom Cruise tripping about his wife getting one over on him.
3: Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> so, And it all started because she got jealous. Exactly. That's what started the whole thing.
1: It's like, well, maybe now I'm just going to so, turn to Scientology, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, yeah, it's, that it's out interesting out. that that
0: scene at,
2: at the beginning, they where might we first, still be married, though.
0: Yeah. That, that, that scene where we uh, first uh, see the like uh, Nicole Kidman and uh, Tom Cruise at that party and everything. It's like, I mean, while uh, Tom Cruise is talking to uh, those two women, it's like she's dealing with that. Uh, that Hungarian, uh, what's his nuts? Oh, this Hungarian yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, what
1: the fuck was up with was that dude? Le- le- he was way too. He was persistent, thirsty as fuck. Like two nose in a no, two two nose in a go, my guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> the,
2: the best way, if you've never seen the movie, the best way that I can explain it is if you, since we're in the Christmas time, is if you took the song "Baby It's Cold Outside," yes. took out all the
3: female parts. And
2: personified it. It was that guy. It was absolutely <laughs> was,
3: that guy. He <laughs> was actually no. She was drunk, and she was enjoying the attention too. But in oh. the end, in the end, she said no to him. She was.
1: She turned him down. In the end, she just enjoyed the attention.
3: Oh, she just yeah, enjoyed she the did. attention. She just enjoyed yeah. the attention.
1: I mean, and I think it was kind of the same for him because he was a little bit flirty with those girls, but he wasn't about to go anywhere with them.
0: I don't know. I think that they were kind of leading him somewhere. Oh,
3: I think you know, he it, was totally to do some damage. Yeah, no, yeah, they they were he, they they wanted him. Honestly, why disappoint his wife when he can disappoint two young chicks? Huh? <laughs>
1: Absolutely, <laughs> <right>. double <laughs> my pleasure. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, that's a quote from
2: a Neil Breen <laughs> You know, one of the things that, like, to your point, Mark, like, uh, yeah, but like, it, she, it comes back later in conversation where he, he, like, comes back after being like found and like outed by the secret society that like he had crashed the party. He will, comes in to see her sleeping and laughing, and she talks about the dream that she had. And that dream, she actually talks about the guy from the party. And then like turns it like that's when she kind of also has this dream about like the secret society as well. So that whole scene of like the attention like does eventually come back. And I mean, honestly speaking, like the way that this movie handles Nicole Kidman, like it's no wonder that like you have a wife that has sexual fantasies because like it seems like there's a, a clear like lack of communication.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and interestingly enough, uh, they seem to end up working those issues out by the end. You know, it was just kind of a, hey, we had this little crisis. I mean, they said they'd been married for, what, nine years?
2: Yeah, nine years. But I don't know, man, Like, because I, I think there's a part of them that, like, he, like, basically, like, told her the story of, like, everything that happened in the last 24 hours right. and then, like— Somehow they they trauma bond it because like there's that shot at the very end where like but he tells okay. her everything and you just see her like she's been like crying and she's like smoking. I don't know. That's kind of how I read the scene. And then like at the end, she has that like little speech where like, you know, she talks about like the eyes being open and everything. And the very last line of the film is like, you know, we need to like do some fucking, you know, that's yeah. like something we have to like prioritize.
3: Hey, hold on one second. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: we are holding. Holding. Hold it now. I'm, I'm six, six feet, feet from the edge of <laughs> There is six feet six ain't so sure
3: far It's
0: so far
3: down. I'm coming back. Dope. Man, maybe Creed oh. should have been on the
0: soundtrack to this movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what what song What song would uh, would the Kubrick have put on uh, the soundtrack if it was Creed? I'm gonna
2: say it sounds really basic, but probably like with arms wide open.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> with arms wide open. Oh, that song. Oh, lord. But
3: it
2: would just be like. Like imagine like them like at the end like uh Fruz and Kidman kind of like making up after like the events of the movie, and uh, he just like oh. he's like walking away. Then, like turns back and he's like, "Well, I just heard
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a day. Oh no! <laughs> I mean. He goes back, he tells her everything that's happened, but at the same time, he's telling her, I thought about doing all this junk while I was there seeing stuff going on, but ended up walking away.
0: Mm, Yeah.
3: So at the same time of him throwing his temper tantrum, he, in a way, was still somewhat disrespectfully faithful to his wife. Exactly.
0: I mean, for for all of that, you know... For all of that entire night where he's pretty much just trolling around, just trying to, you know, get over his bruised ego, I mean, there's several moments where he could absolutely have sex
1: with another woman, but he doesn't. And, well, and you know, well, at the same time, I mean, he does. I think at some p- points intend to, I mean, it does go through his mind. He is, it so, does. And, and you know, that's, that's kind of just as bad as actually doing it. But.
2: So, so here's the thing too, is that ultimately, like, I think a lot of, I don't know where you guys stand on everything, but I know that from someone that has been cheated on and like, there's a, there's a, there's a physical element to it, but then there's also this emotional element to it. And it seems like, Cruz's character got as close as he could without tipping that over and like that scene where he's with Domino and he is like you know really close like he they're getting ready to engage into it and then Alice calls. And it's yeah. like there, there are all of these moments and like you know I'm kind of curious how the the intro to this would have played out with the two models had the uh, you know Mandy not been in like a, a an OD shock um kind of thing because like he he seems to like flirt with that line really well. And I think there's a difference between, you know, being flirtatious and like, you know, some people look at flirtatious and actually look at that and be like, this this person's into me because, you know, and then you've opened up a womb that now is emotionally cheating on your spouse or significant other or partner. Right. Right. Right,
3: But you also have some people that their personality, the way they are, can come across as flirting, whether they actually are or not. Tom Cruise.
0: <laughs> Absolutely Tom Cruise.
3: I mean, <laughs> if Tom Cruise was
1: flirty with me, yeah, I don't know. I genuinely don't know how I'd react to that. I don't know either. I mean, he's attractive, <laughs> but he's Tom Cruise, which kind of makes him unattractive. I don't know. The whole Scientology thing, the whole... Just he's, he's just tough. the most generic actor I can think of. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I don't know because I think you see that like Tom Cruise just has a, a swagger and or like charm about him because you can see the resistance when he's like in the club with Nick and like Nick has like the address and the password and he's like give it to me and he's like come on man come on It's like this like he doesn't like hold a gun to his head or like a knife to his throat he's just like. Come on. <laughs> Come on.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stupid. Whole Ta- this whole movie
1: off. is just Tom Cruise getting punked, honestly.
0: It really is. <laughs> yeah, It's like he has a humiliation fetish or something. I mean, he's just... <laughs> I mean, he just goes from uh, one corner of this town to another and, I mean, almost comes close to having sex, but then he doesn't. He just, he pretty much gets cucked everywhere. It's, it's just, and then he gets ultimately cucked at the fucking uh, orgy and everything. So yeah, it's just one massive cycle of cuckoldry for this dude. And it's sad. <laughs> And even even when he tries to to actually investigate what happened the other night, it's like he's he gets cucked again. He does. It's at it, every at every corner. It's it, a never-ending cycle.
3: It really and then is. It just turns out it was an OD. Yeah, it's, right? It's, it wasn't even a murder. It was an OD and a whole bunch of show to scare him away from the cult. In, yeah. In this movie. This movie not only is a disappointment, but it's watching tom cruise be nothing but disappointed for two and a half hours just pure disappointment
0: left and right it's like (laughs) this is like goes to nicole kidman disappointment goes to (laughs) goes to domino disappointment gets (laughs) goes to an
1: orgy disappointment
3: disappointment (laughs) that that is like
1: that is the best opportunity he had how do you get cuckolded out of fucking orgy? It. I don't know. Only Tom
0: Cruise can do that. <laughs> only he could do that in this movie.
3: But I mean, runs, in, runs into an underwear-clad Lily Sobieski.
2: Oh, he just got into yes. his. Just got <laughs> into his head,
3: you know. Yeah, and, that whole scene. Yeah, with Lily
0: Sobieski, it's like, what? For one, what do you think that she whispered into his uh, ear before he she went away? Probably tried to make a deal. Yeah. yeah. A
3: trick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're probably right. Daddy was selling her to begin with and daddy was Boris the bullet dodger from Snatch. Absolutely. It's Boris the Blade.
2: (laughs) Super blast from the past with Lili Sobiski in this one because she was someone that I feel like at the beginning of the the turn of the millennium had like trajectory with like Joyride, Glasshouse and she was going somewhere and then like you just kind of disappeared.
3: I think she just completely retired.
2: Yeah. No, she still works. She just does a bunch of like Uh, indie stuff now. Oh,
0: that's good. Good, good for her. I mean, at least at least she's finding consistent work and everything.
2: Yeah, you know. But also, Alan Cummings in this movie. Uh huh. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Did you Bo? Oh no! No, go ahead, dude. That's it. I just wanted to bring out the fact that Alan Cummings was Alan Cummings was
0: in this movie. Oh yeah, awesome. (laughs) 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 So, I. As usual with uh, Kubrick movies, there's a lot of visual storytelling that goes into uh, his work, and this this movie is uh, is definitely an example of that. And honestly, in the, the one of the reasons that I chose this as a Christmas movie, not, it's not just because it's it's focused around Christmas. Uh, in particular it's that christmas is used more as a backdrop for uh, the more visual elements of this uh, of this movie namely all the christmas lights mm. now i now i'm, I'm going to be paraphrasing some stuff from uh, rob Ager. he he uh, kind of went in a little more in depth on, on this it's uh, it basically the the christmas lights are supposed to represent like uh The actual sexual energy and the the illusory fantasy of uh, what – Tom Cruise is going through, you know, he's he's basically chasing something that's just a fantasy. It's huh. it's he, it's like and and whenever you see him chasing that fantasy, like there's always, you know, a lot of Christmas lights, you know? Like I mean, going back to the party even. I mean, that's awash in a bunch of uh, Christmas lights like like whenever uh, Nicole Kidman is dancing with the Hungarian dude, I mean, she's just completely just covered in this white, you know, glowing uh, light all around. It's it's almost like this uh, fantastical kind of a uh, dreamlike uh, aura to it, you yeah, know, and, yeah. and and even when you see uh, Tom Cruise actually talking to the girls, it's always uh, with, you know, a more multicolored Christmas lights, you know. So I mean, that's kind of more or less like uh, his uh, basically him uh, being aroused. It's that, that's his arousal, you know. And you, you see that constantly throughout the movie, and even when, whenever he gets disappointed and he doesn't actually you know have uh, sex with anybody, uh, all of a sudden you see no Christmas lights, or if there's any women that aren't necessarily like uh, sexual, like sexualized to him, there's no Christmas lights on you know behind that woman or anything like that and uh, like even even in that very final scene where they're Christmas shopping and the, the she's, he's talking to his wife as they go through uh as they go through that store you start to see more Christmas lights and then where they stop they're completely uh surrounded uh, in the behind them with the Christmas lights you know with multicolored Christmas lights and it's kind of you know that's his uh basically their uh, reawakening of their uh of the sexual side of their uh of their relationship and whatnot. So, but I mean, if you want to go in more into it, uh, go look up Rob Ager's uh, work on it. It's, it's, it's a very, he has some very interesting takes on Kubrick's work, but also uh, he talked about how, uh, how that plays into the more ritualized uh, uh, angle of Christmas, you know, how, how it's more ritualized, you know, it, and, and how it's all very much a family ritual you know, and and that's kind of why Kubrick kind of used it as a backdrop for this story about like, like we said, event, essentially Tom Cruise getting, uh, eaten, getting beat up like all over town emotionally and even literally at one point. Right. So like, but I mean, what do y'all think? I mean, obviously this is a movie with a lot of thematic elements. It's like a... what are what do you think of those thematic elements? Like, do they work in this movie? Do they not work? I mean, what do y'all think? Yeah, yeah. Mark, give us give us your thoughts on that.
3: I <laughs> I I I I see stuff like the, the like you're talking about. This person interpreted it this way, and this is what that's supposed to mean. And it makes me think of a lot of artwork where you hear, like, these professors, and people with degrees, talk about he used this color to represent this. How do you know they just didn't use that color because they fucking like that color? (laughs) So how do you know that he just didn't go, okay, let's make it during Christmas, um, and that's where we're going to shoot it?
0: Well, that's that's semiotics for you, you know. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I, I,
3: I think people have too much... Free time to read far too deeply into things that may be much more simpler on the surface. Well,
0: especially if you're if you're someone like collateral cinema, (laughs) right? But I mean, I I, I can see that. I mean, especially if you're a uh, YouTuber whose entire uh, you know income is you know you analyzing movies and everything. It's like yeah, you can kind of get into that a little bit of that bubble and whatnot, you know?
1: Right. I, I can see that. Well, nope. you know, going back to what Josh said, you know, we're those pretentious fucks. Oh, yeah. that we're, uh, You know, we, we look into the, the,
3: cinematography, <laughs> the, the cinematography, the lighting, uh, the lighting. I think, like, was, I think that was me that said that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm a little bit of a film. I said
2: nerd. that I was pretentious because I liked this movie. Yeah. I,
0: Oh, I, I'm pretentious because I, I, I see things in this movie that other people don't, and that makes me better than, than other people or something. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's,
3: if, if I'm watching a movie, I'm watching a movie to be entertained, not to find the meaning of life. And if you start having these, oh, this represents that, that represents this, and it just, it kind of, those kind of movies just start to drone on uh, for me. And, it, and it's not because they're not necessarily a good movie. It's just I'm not watching a movie to have some sort of deeper meaning. I'm watching a movie to be entertained and shut off my brain for a little while. And, and that's fair.
1: And, and I mean, to be the, honest, you could read it as a English teacher, the curtains are just fucking blue uh, scenario. But I don't know. There is a sort of consistency to what you were saying, Bo, or I, I guess, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Rob Egger was saying it in that review, because I mean, looking back on it, and I remember you pointing it out while we were watching the movie, you were like, oh, look, there's the Christmas lights, and it does seem to line up with certain things in the film, so it, it could honestly go either way. Yeah, um, is, is Kubrick this, like, pretentious fuck who just you know spits out something and hopes that people are going to read into it further than it needs to or does he actually intending things i don't know i still need him to explain that fellatio scene in the shining (laughs) whatever that was about
3: (laughs) look women don't they basically just don't think like that millions of years of evolution right Men have to stick it in every place they can, but for women, women, it is just about
0: security and commitment and uh, whatever the fuck else.
3: A little oversimplified,
2: Alice, but yes, something like that.
0: If you men only knew.
2: I'll tell you what I do know is you got a little stoned tonight you've been trying to pick a fight with me and now you're trying to make me jealous.
3: You've never been jealous about me, have you? No, I haven't. And why haven't you ever been jealous about me? Well, I don't know, Alice. Maybe because you're my wife. And I know you would never be unfaithful to me. You are very, very sure of yourself, aren't you?
0: No.
2: I'm sure of you. (laughs) Do you think that's
3: funny? with a hood and a mask. Okay, I think we'll find something for you. I suppose you'd like the password. If you'd like, sir. Thank Thanks. I don't think
0: you realize the danger you're in
1: now. You've been way out of your
0: depth. You've got to get away before it's too late. And in, in the end, there's also the fact that he probably did a lot of this stuff just to troll. You know, I mean, I, I think Fair. It, that especially when it comes to a lot of uh, artists that have that kind of aura around them, you know, that auteur aura, you know, they, a lot of people can kind of put more into that what their output than what's actually there. You know, a good example of this is uh, Tool, the band Tool and their fans. That's a great example because I I have this main theory that Tool is, that entire band's output is just all the one big massive troll on its audience. Like hell, Anima is like one of the greatest troll albums of all time. I mean, they they they, they pretty much have a song telling It's like, <laughs> hey, I sold, hey, I sold out to make a record, and you bought it, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, they're basically baiting their fans, and I I kind of feel like, in a way, especially near the end of his uh, career, Kubrick was totally baiting. And and here's here's my take on that. The reason, though, I think that is because of the actual existence of the uh, of the orgy cult in this. Honestly, I think that that's really just uh, him having a taking the piss out of all the uh, more conspiracy theorist minded uh, takes on his work. You know, like like I don't know if y'all remember that movie uh, about uh, all the different theories in uh, The Shining. I think it's like Room 230. Room 237. Room 237. Yeah. If you watch that movie, that movie is a bunch of incomprehensible nonsense. Like the the yep. only thing that they touch upon that might actually be kind of true might be the whole thing about the allegory about the Native American uh, genocide and whatnot. But even that's pretty much been routinely debunked by people who worked on on the set and who were close with Kubrick. So and and, and they they even went into like the whole moon landing things where <laughs> you know they they think that he f- helped fake the moon landing and whatnot. So. The the reason why I think that with, with why I think that with the the orgy cult is because ultimately it's a conspiracy that goes nowhere. It's even revealed to just be a bunch of bullshit. It, it's like look, it's it, no, nothing happened to like like he he made a like his friend Ziegler. He he had enough plausible deniability there to say that you know uh, no uh, Mandy is fine. You know she she overdosed. You know it's like I mean she overdosed and she died. Actually, she wasn't fine. I'm sorry. But also saying that uh, his uh, friend uh, Nick Nightingale was just simply sent back to Seattle and everything. But even then, there's still uh, the other angle where, you know, there's witness testimony that
1: they were, you know, maybe in danger. I wasn't sure what to make of it because at face value, it's just like, yeah, Tom Cruise got totally punked. I mean, they just pulled this whole charade on his ass. But on the other hand, there's just that bit of ambiguity yeah. of like, you know, there's could be a little bit hey. more connected. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just
0: feel like that that was Kubrick finally just kind of looking at all these idiots talking about, you know, the deeper meaning of his work and just be like, no, here, here you go. Here's a conspiracy that is literally just a circle. There's there's it goes nowhere and it's all just a bunch of bullshit. But mm-hmm. maybe not. You know, it, it, it was, it, it was, it was almost like an ass, it was an ass pull almost.
2: When you really See, think about the, it. That's the, that's to, to, to your listeners, uh, for those of you guys that are unfamiliar with the gazing, the relationship that Mark and I have, Mark is the wing it guy. I am the analytical one, 100%. <laughs> um, so I definitely read into something like what you're saying here about like the Christmas lights, because like. There's like, you know, having that white around like the Nicole Kidman scene in the beginning, like where she's with it, you know, you can definitely see that like, she's someone that is having these fantasies, she's being open about them, but not acting on them, right? Like, you know, not but the entirety of like, Bill's entire uh, you know, headspace minus that is like you have these like old timey movies where it's the sailor that she fantasized about and his wife. Like that's the driving force the entire time of like him, like he's actually like trying to like commit the act so much so that like when Mandy like actually confronts him at the orgy cult, he basically is like, you know, Hey, do you want to go somewhere? Like she's trying to be like serious and like save his life. And he's like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'll show you, little Bill. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, that joke did not age well because mm-hmm. of Bill Cosby. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> <Oof. laughs> but uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those things that I'm like, uh, you know, to a, to a degree. Like, Kubrick's one of those those kind of guys that like I like the ends where it's kind of ambiguous. Like, you don't definitively know like this. Points A, B, and C happened because of X, Y, and C. Like, you know, it seems like a little bit uh of like an inconvenience to literally go out of your way to punk one dude. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like to have like the elaborate security and stuff like that.
3: He didn't <laughs> he punked himself. He put himself in all of those situations. And they did. did all the they did all the crap at the orgy basically to get rid of him is really what that was about. It's like you're not supposed to be here, we're gonna scare shit out of you, so you don't try to come back. And he kind of takes these little pieces of information and all of his jealousy and paranoia and makes connections that aren't really there. As exactly. all it was again, it goes back to us saying that the movie was about Tom Cruise throwing a temper tantrum <laughs> about his wife making him jealous because she picked a fight. He did it all to himself. He he did he, he did like, he,
2: like he, you know well, yeah no doubt. One of the things that like I want to say a is like to your point Ash of I don't know where you were going with that but like communicate it goes back to the to the to this thing of like communication like sometimes people go through breakups or separations or divorces or, you know, affairs because there's no communication. Like, it's literally the, you know, some some of this, a lot of what the events of this movie could have happened could have been prevented if there was clear communication. Because at the end of the day, like, even going back to that stoning scene, like, when he talks about, like, you know, I'm... Devoted to you, like wholeheartedly, like one hundred percent. And she's like, "Oh well, I had a sexual fantasy about like one person." Like, here's the thing: is that like, I've been married for almost ten years, and you know, I don't want to say that like I have I have sexual fantasies, but like I still find other people, other women attractive. I've still had, you know. Dreams that people pop up in, like there are things like outside of my control. Like you can't control how you're, who you're attracted to, right? But you control how you react to that. To that. Well, and she brings up something. You know, she's like, well, so the
1: only reason you wouldn't affect those two girls was because you're devoted to me. Uh, yeah. That That is what would have stopped me. What's wrong with that? Yes, I'm going to find other people attractive what 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 do you want to hear if you're not the reason that I'm not going to sleep with other people <laughs> like you know, but it's like it, it, all it would have taken was communication. clearly, you know there's a little bit of toxicity going it, on, and
3: it's it would have taken sober communication, yeah, 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 definitely true.
1: I mean, as much as we love getting high, there are there's a time and a place where that's like, yeah, you don't want to be under the influence of something um, when you're trying to have a conversation that's important because, you know, any kind of intoxicant is going to n- not necessarily change who you are as a person, you know? They say, like, a, a a drunk mind speaks a sober heart, and that's true. I mean, everything that happens when you're under the influence or intoxicated is... It's some part of who you are as a person, but, you know, your your, um, your inhibitions are lower. So, you know, this is a conversation that, like, Tom Cruise should have just been like, listen, you know what? I think we need to stop it here. We're going to say some hurtful things to each other if we continue this conversation right now. You know, let's sleep on it.
3: <laughs> Didn't he I mean, actually I, try to do that at one point and she kept going? He yeah. does try,
1: yeah. but I think yeah. what it, happens is that he lets what she says really get to him after that.
0: I think that in mm-hmm. some way he really needled her in a way that, I mean, just kind of elicited that response to me, you know, I mean, he, he's not, he, I mean, I agree with Mark, like he brought all this on himself and he's that's where it started right there was that, you know, he really should have, he's the one who kept pushing it,
1: you know, that's, that's really on him. It, it was because you know? he was doing the right thing up to a certain point, but once he allowed, yeah. you know, himself to get into that headspace and you know then that just you know facilitated the entire events of the movie um which is essentially just this long big night that may not have fucking mattered it was it was if if the movie is to be taken at face value you know like this entire night was could have been avoided and it had no significance yeah in the end none of it mattered Other than maybe bringing Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise towards uh, some kind of healthy communication, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, of course.
2: Like with that too, like, you know, like to Mark's point, like everything that does happen is Bill's fault because here's the thing is that every desire, whether good or bad starts with a thought and it's how you respond to that thought. Like there may be times where you're like, oh man, like I have like negative thoughts about like, you know, uh, one of my coworkers or the guy that cut me off or the chick that was rude to me at the grocery store. But, Intrusive like, thoughts,
1: my guy. We all I'm have them. We just don't them. like to talk about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. That it's like, it's how, it's how you actually respond to them. And, you know, this is like a great example of like the importance of like, healthy communication, especially in a marriage. If you want a marriage to thrive, a marriage has to be about a husband and a wife or a wife and a husband or a wife and a wife or a husband and a husband or non-binary, non-binary, whatever, you know. It, it's about two people like communicating. Yeah. At the, the, the end of the day, like you need to communicate about what you want sexually. You need to communicate what you want financially what your goals are, what your dreams are, what you want for dinner, all of that stuff. It is literally just a a matter of boiling down because the person that you spend the rest of your life with, whether you're married or not, is supposed to be your best friend. The person that you share a life with is supposed to be the person that you, is your ride or die. At the end of the day, that is what matters. And if it is, if it is not, is anything less than open communication, if there's any any inkling of bitterness, hatred, whatever, I cannot recommend counseling enough.
1: Yeah oh 100 percent. I mean, yeah, I, in retrospect, you know, counseling could have could have uh, done a lot of help for my situation, but
3: you know well, you I, also you um, also have to have two people willing to go to counseling except right. right. exactly. It. And that's the hard part is accepting your part of the responsibility. Yeah. And, you know, like your
1: significant other, like you were saying, Josh, should be your best friend. They should be the person that you can talk to about your intrusive thoughts. Even if your significant other isn't the one person that you feel comfortable enough to divulge it, that kind of information, you know, I think that, you know, you should be able to have... Conversations and and be able to to communicate um, issues. Absolutely, it communicates bad thoughts.
0: And, and just the fact that this whole situation uh, just flared up the way that it did, just kind of I mean, what does that really say about? Uh, uh, their relationship about I think we their, live in a
1: society we live in a
0: society oh yes definitely I mean what does that really say <laughs> what does that really say about their the, na- the nature of their relationship period it's like it obviously wasn't really you know foundationally strong to begin with you right know? I mean that much is obvious if if one little uh, you know fantasy that she owns up to is enough to send you know, the character Bill just spiraling all around town and just getting, you know, just shit on the entire night for Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's like you know, there there was there was already something fundamentally wrong there. They were they just were not th- that veil just had not been lifted yet.
1: And you when know? you're together for some amount of time for, you know, nine years or 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 more. People just kind of have this assumption that you must have stayed together because you had a strong foundation, but you know you can also two people can can slide by or two people can start good and and end up in different places. <laughs> uh, absolutely,
2: yeah. Here's all. Here's also like another thing too is that like, um, my wife says that I have like certain ticks or like body language that I give off, like if something's like not okay, and if you are intimately in the know about a person and their habits and the little quirks that they do when they are anything but 100%. That's another thing, too, that, like, I think sometimes we undervalue the importance of body language, you know? Mm -hmm. I was was raised on the Little Mermaid, so, you know, Ursula kind of hammered it. Body Body language! Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) From a young age, but, like, there are several times where like he lies to her in this and like she just kind of like turns the other cheek. But then like at the end you're kind of just like, was she a part of this like orgy thing or not? Like, you know? Yeah. So, hmm. I actually
1: expected Nicole Kidman to be there. Yeah. That
0: see that that would that would have been hilarious, honestly.
1: I actually did. But then he comes home and she's in the bed and it's like, okay. Um, and then I kept trying to think of who this, who this chick that he kept talking to actually was, because it was someone that, had, that he had recognized him. Well, yeah. What?
2: Go ahead, Mark.
3: Oh, no, I was going to say, I put that together fairly quickly who that was. Oh, really? I was going to ask, apparently, what did you guys... That's a, apparently that's a superpower of being ADD. <laughs> <Not Yeah. laughs> what did I you guys think there.
2: about the, uh the like like i guess like the the symbolism particularly of like her coming home and like the mask being like on his like pillow next to her because like she said that like she she said that dream like in the the previous scene about like basically just being like gang gang banged and then like you know she says the final line in the movie and i'm like then that scene i'm like i i have reason to believe that she's like also in the cult but like also like a devoted mom like what did you guys kind of take that scene as hmm
1: i i know what you're talking about and i don't know if i made that connection necessarily but that's good i mean yeah yeah that that could be the case I mean, I don't. I
0: never really saw anything that really explicitly uh, pointed to that. But as uh, to me, I kind of feel like the mask being next to uh, being next to uh, Nicole Kidman there. I think that it's basically just uh, undercutting the fact that everything that happened to him was pretty much a farce, and yeah. that it pretty much maybe even his relationship is kind of a farce. You know, That's there, fair. It, that 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 mask is emblematic of that. You know, it's, it's, it's emblematic of all of the, uh, you know, the unsaid, uh, words between them. It's emblematic of, you know, that, that face that they put on, you know, when they're out and about and amongst company, you know, like, like, you know, the faces that they had on when they were at uh, Ziegler's party and everything. So that, that, that's kind of what I feel it is. It's, it's once again, Kubrick kind of, uh. Bringing everything back around and just saying is like, yeah, none of this shit was really real. This is, and this is just a, a reminder of that. You know, this is a reminder of, you know, the illusory nature of the what they felt for each other and how they felt sexually and emotionally, everything, and and how that just kind of spiraled into uh, just a bunch of uh, disappointment for uh, for Tom Cruise. So that, that's more or less my take on it.
3: I think it was just him realizing how close he came to screwing everything up.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's all yeah.
3: it was. Was the, the sober, uh, the, the, the moment of realization, understanding that he almost screwed everything up and that's what that was.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also too, like the, you know, the, with that in mind, I mean, it's, it, only takes, like, one bad day to kind of screw up something good. So, you know, who knows, like, had he been successful in his pursuit of, you know, this sexual conquest, like, you know, he basically would have, could have essentially ended his marriage, ended his, you know, you know, could have made it harder on his child. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and stuff like that too. So it's like, uh, I think, I think some, I can't speak for everyone, but I, I, I have like sometimes like the way that I overanalyze movies, as I've made known on our podcast, is that like, you know, I, I make some of those uh, decisions, similar decisions in life to where like I'll overanalyze stuff just because like, You know, sometimes it's going to be like, all right, well, in six weeks, how's this going to affect my mental health or, you know, how if I did this, how is this going to affect my my marital health or, you know, our sexual health or, you know, or religious health or anything thereof, you know, kind of like really thinking about like the lasting consequences of every choice.
1: Right. I mean, as somebody who's autistic, I definitely overanalyze things a lot as well. <laughs> that's that's actually... <laughs> it's it's easy to overthink
0: certain things in life. It really is. Honestly. You know, even if you're not that kind of deep analytical, uh, you don't have that type of mindset, you know?
1: I mean, it, it, it's easy for anybody to do. Yeah, I think that so. that's, that's one thing that maybe this movie hammers home is that almost that any any like this could have happened to almost anybody you know yeah uh, you know in a way like 20, tom tom cruise and nicole kidman represent a very average couple i think
2: with but, uh the only thing it's not average about him <laughs> is the uh man maybe maybe this was different in 1999 but uh the way that he just is able to like it just seemed like his wallet was just like endless
1: Oh
0: yeah. Uh, well, okay, way-
2: he he's a doctor.
1: Like- that, that is a big big difference. Actually, they're not very average at all, are yeah. they? I mean, they're
0: <laughs> they're definitely a, a little on the upper crust of society,
1: a little bit. M- maybe like average upper class. I mean, close couple. enough,
0: close enough that they're basically just, you know, one friend away from a uh, supposed sex orgy cult.
1: You, oh, know? Right. So, you know, right? You know, apparently they're that yeah, kind of upper like, crust. But you know, it's rich people. What do you expect? It, this couldn't
3: have happened to anybody.
2: <laughs> I mean, I've only had like five or six friends in sex cults, mm-hmm. so.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I think what I mean it was that this not this specific situation could have happened to anybody, but it's the type of (laughs) intrusive thoughts that I think a lot of people have, you know, and it's an average setup in that respect.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, like, I I think like the shining is like another great example because like you think about the relationship between like isolation and mental health. Like there's something with the enabling within us that is like trying to like, you know, have to be connected to other people, and if we don't like have that connection, then, with the exception of Mark, uh, what? you go, uh, you go crazy. You is know,
3: he, what does that mean?
2: You live in the middle of nowhere, my guy. You don't like I mean, people in the middle of
3: nowhere. I'm on the <laughs> edge of nowhere.
2: Uh, <laughs> but here, we I have I a would grocery s- store close by. <laughs> is close by twenty minutes.
3: No. Uh, is it a half a hour?
2: It's okay. 10, Anyways, it takes
3: five minutes to get out of the neighborhood.
2: Basically, what I was trying to say is like, I, I agree. Like, this is a story that could happen to any man. Like, you make one bad decision, and that temptation just kind of leads you down this rabbit hole that you eventually find yourself in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: 100%. 100%. Well, anyway, I think that uh, we can go ahead and start wrapping things up. I think it's been over an hour now. Yeah uh we'll go ahead and get into final thoughts on this movie and we'll go ahead and start with the uh Bis uh, gazing and everything so uh Josh
3: Mark uh, we'll, we'll go and start with y'all I hated it <laughs> <laughs> I will probably never watch it again unless I'm forced to <laughs> Oof. crack
2: knuckles happy 100 coming up Ooh. Uh, I oh. really loved this movie. Uh, <laughs> uh I I really love this movie. I think this was a really high note for Kubrick to end his career on. I really really wish that um Tom Cruise still did weird roles like this. Like he wasn't just about like Mission Impossible, but like took chances like this Vanilla Sky, Collateral. Um this is able to like kind of showcase his like weird range of emotion that he's got. And I think it's really dope. Yeah. Anyways, that's uh that's my my thoughts.
3: Right on. Right I feel on. like they're gonna put out an advertisement picture of you on like the vampires on the balcony, like <laughs> you at Halloween when everybody else is like, Yay, Halloween, and you're like this year round, they're just gonna Photoshop your face on top of one of those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's going to be our thumbnail
1: <laughs>
3: yeah
0: right on well uh, Ash how about you
1: what's your what are your final thoughts yeah. as for my final thoughts um, yeah I mean I'm fair, fairly new to Kubrick films actually I think you know I only recently saw The Shining for this podcast and this was the first time that I saw Eyes wide shut, um, but as a Christmas movie, uh, I I think it's it's a I don't know. It, it highlights some uh, some interesting, provoking uh, thoughts that might crop up around the holiday season. Honestly, and I, I do think that it has something. Um, I think that Kubrick actually actually meant something by this. Yeah. I, I think that there was some intention here, but I can also see where like he might have just been trolling everyone. I mean this was his last film, so <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But um I mean overall I I was I was hooked into it. I had a good time with it. Um will I watch this every Christmas? I don't know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well as for as for me <laughs>
0: I feel like this is honestly really one of Kubrick's more, um, more approachable movies, you know, a lot more mainstream, even dare I say, I, I, I feel that, uh, I, I feel that we don't really get his full vision for this, you know, because I mean, he, of course he passed away and everything, but, I think for what it is, it's an interesting study on, you know, two people in the middle of a crisis in their relationship. And also it's kind of a uh, piss take on all the people like us who like to theorize about his movies. So it kind of works on both of those levels to me. And because of it, I I think that and because of its accessibility, I, I would say that. This could, this could even be like uh, something I would give to somebody who hasn't watched Kubrick before, say, and be like, "Here, start with this. This is actually, it's it's not, it's not you know, too impenetrable, if you know what I mean." So I, I would say, if you have a chance to check it out, definitely check it out. It's it's not, it's it's not really one of uh, Kubrick's best. It's not really one of Kubrick's best works, but. It's definitely one of his uh, more interesting works. So, I mean, check it out. You probably will like it. You might not like it. And as for it being a Christmas movie, yeah, definitely. Christmas is all over this movie. It it ends with Christmas shopping. I mean, this is definitely a movie to put on around this time of year. So, I mean, at least watch it once. It's worth like at least one viewing. So, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we'll go ahead and uh, get to all of our plugs. Uh, what is uh, going on with you guys and your podcasts? And and also, uh, where can our listeners find you?
3: Yeah, Josh.
2: Where can uh, they find us? We <laughs> can, you guys can find us wherever you guys get your podcasts from Victims, uh, Biscay is a horror podcast. And then you guys can also check out our parent company, Victims and Villains. We're on Facebook, Instagram. YouTube, uh, Patreon, and, of course, wherever you guys get your podcasts from.
3: Yeah, don't ask me because I hardly know what day of the week it is most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. I'm sober. <laughs> yeah. Mark, it's you true. don't have
0: any, anything to, to plug? <laughs>
3: um, I, I do a lot of miniature painting, and I haven't updated in a while, but um, some of my older stuff is on Instagram right now, titanium juggernaut painting um i've got some future projects i'm hoping to get up there soon uh and it should be a big jump in quality of what's there now awesome
0: awesome yeah Yeah, look forward to it (laughs) (laughs) all right and uh ash what's going on with collateral gaming
1: Well, this month, uh, we are doing Zelda Month. Uh, We finally got out both parts of our Spider-Man 2 review, which was our November content. So uh, finally moving on to December's content. Um, So uh, by the time this is out, We should have Oracle of Ages out, part one. And then uh, by the end of this month, part two on Oracle of Seasons. Uh, And then uh, for our holiday special, we are going to be talking about the 2000 The Grinch video game. So the adaptation of the Jim Carrey movie, which we covered together, I think, in our first crossover. Right, Josh? We did. We did indeed. That's a great game. Is it? Okay, because I have barely played any of it. Um, and uh, But I'm going to be playing the Dreamcast version. I'll be emulating it. Um, nice. Yeah. And uh, Zach recommended it, my co-host on Collateral Gaming. Uh, so stay stick around for that. Uh, on both Collateral Gaming and Collateral Cinema, we should be doing uh, some kind of year in review episode where we cover any movies or games that um, you know we would have liked to talk about, but we just didn't get a chance to that came out this year. Yeah.
0: And th- you you'd probably expect that maybe a little... Uh, Closer to after the first of the year, maybe. Yeah. And uh, we're Collateral Cinema. Uh, We still have our Neil Breen episode that we need to release. And uh, we will also be uh, uh, joined by Dads from the Crypt to talk about The the Wicker Man 2006 with Nicolas Cage. It's a part of our Bad Movie December. And uh, also, uh, I think that we might do a director's cut Christmas episode. Of th- we're talking about more Adult Swim Christmas episodes. Uh-huh. So I-, I think we're going to talk about the Boondocks. We're going to talk about Stroker and Hoop, and we're going to talk about uh, Rick and Morty. That so look for that. And uh, like Ash said, we are going to do an end of year review, and that's going to be all kinds of fun.
1: Yeah, I feel. Yeah, just kind of compiling together anything that. Uh- we 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 would have want to talk about you know anything that the that each of us have seen i know robert has been showing us gran turismo oh yeah that 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 is an amazing movie it's a movie about the the, the evolution of gamer to racist gamer to racist
3: exactly Well, it's, yeah. it's actually based on a true story it is based it on is. a true
1: story it is and
0: apparently the uh the the actual uh, dude is based on, he was the one that did all the actual stunt work in the cars and everything. So that's actually yeah, him a,
3: on the tracks. Nice. It was a kid that was big into racing simulators. They kept bragging that he could beat a real race car driver. So a team took him up on it and gave him enough yeah. tra- enough training to get the feel for the car and he beat the driver.
0: That is yep. awesome. Hell Yeah. And it, it's it's a fun movie for what it is, so we'll we'll definitely talk about that. I
3: mean it's it's
1: it's definitely it's a, it's a it was a definitive moment for gamers. It was a it was, it was an R slash gangweed
0: moment. Total gangweed, exactly. Yeah. Yep.
1: Totally dank. But um <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh look forward to that to this holiday season and also look forward to our uh our uh, next uh, 2024 content. We've got a lot more coming up this season. Um, You can find collateral cinema and collateral gaming, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We are on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Check us out on good pods as well. And um, if you'd like, give us a five-star review on Apple podcasts or feedback on your platform of choice. You can also donate to our Patreon. If you so desire, you'll get access to exclusive full length movie commentaries And we also have a buy me a coffee if you just want to donate
0: just some money to us to help us out and help us grow our community and whatnot. And uh, also uh, check us out on our Spreadshirt store. We have uh, we do have swag available. So uh, if you're a fan of the show and you want uh, some sweet collateral cinema uh, gear, uh, check us out. uh, Collateral media podcasts on uh, Spreadshirt. And, uh, and also, yeah, you can find us uh, on all the social medias. And and also, uh, like and uh, subscribe to us on YouTube as well.
1: Yeah, I'll get the YouTube shit updated soon. I know there's a lot of missing episodes from last season and this season. Uh, maybe further back, I need to go back and, like, really update it. Because not everything gets auto-uploaded because there's weird...
0: Yeah, there's weird uh, data restrictions on that. Yeah,
1: but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get that updated soon. Uh, go check out our... Uh, Shit posting group on Facebook, Collateral Media Podcasts. Collateral Media Podcasts, yes,
0: on Facebook. And also find us on Instagram as well. Hell so. yeah. Well, all right, guys. Uh, anything else to add?
2: Happy Holidays.
1: Happy
0: Holidays. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Happy Holidays, everyone. Um, Merry Christmas or happy whatever you celebrate because it's just a great time to, to be um, you know, like I'm back home you know, in uh, Lake Hills with my buddies, with my family. Uh, I get to work the last two weeks of this month remote, so that's been fucking great.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> just
1: just to, to spend time with my kiddo and my, my friends and family and, you know, watch uh, good movies, watch shitty movies, play games, Wait, to talk about them. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. That, that, that's how it goes. That's, what, that's the life of the life of collateral media. But anyways... Uh, with all of that said I'm Bo Maddox
1: I'm Ashley Chancellor I'm Captain Nostalgia I'm guy, Mark.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, hi, Mark oh
1: hi Mark oh hi Mark oh hi Mark, <laughs> oh, hi, Mark.
0: <laughs> and this was Collateral Cinema and uh, the Abyss Gazing Podcast it's like happy holidays everybody stay safe
3: I feel like crying, I feel like crying.